0: to your partner in Success Radio. I'm your host, Denise Griffiths, and my guest today is Olivier Roland, and I'm not entirely certain that I pronounced his names right because he is French and I'm not, and he is joining us today from Dubai. So Olivier dropped school. He left school at the age of 19 to create his first business, and he never looked back. He is now a serial entrepreneur, a blogger, YouTuber, startup investor, best-selling author, amateur archaeologist, a diver, amateur airplane pilot, a globetrotter, international speaker, and a philanthropist among his many hats. He has built a global audience of more than 450,000 fans who are convinced by his methods, and we're going to talk about his methods. While traveling the world six months a year for more than 10 years. In fact, when I spoke with him last week, he was in Istanbul until he's in Dubai today. So when he was in school, this is important. When he was in school, he often felt out of tune, inadequate and unmotivated. I completely understand that. I hated school. Hated it with a passion. And he thought for a long time that it was a problem and a weakness until he realized that this could be a strength if you play your cards right because being a rebel means being free to break from the traditional model and create your own reality. So he is now on a mission to show that you do not need to be brilliant in school to be brilliant in life. Good morning, Olivier, and welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. And did I pronounce either of your names correctly? I need to know. <laughs>
1: Hello, hello, yeah, actually it's great, yeah, it's Olivier Roland, uh, Roland actually in French, but uh, you know, you, you can call me Oliver, it's easier for English speaking people and it's almost the same, so. Well, I live in Southwest.
0: Job. Thank you. I live in Southwest <laughs> Louisiana, so I recognize Olivier. That's we pronounce it Olivier down here because it's Cajun country. So I didn't have a trouble with that, but I went, "Okay, is Roland different? Is a what is it?" So, and we didn't have an opportunity to to chat in the green room before, so I apologize for not quite getting your name correct. Thank you for for sharing how it, we we're supposed to identify you.
1: Yeah, no problem.
0: So listen, you did I get this correct when we spoke last week you were in Istanbul, is that right and you're back in Dubai today?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm I'm traveling a lot because my company is entirely online, so and since I love, you know, to explore the world, that's what I do. I, tra- I have been traveling like the the world six months a year for for 10 years now. A little bit less in 2020 obviously.
0: Right, right. Well, you you have a business, and I really want to talk to you about how you do what you do, because frankly, you're living the life that many of us would just love to have. So you have a business that's in service of your life, instead of your life being in service of your business. Let's talk about that a bit.
1: Sure. So uh, I dropped school at 18 years old to start my first company. It was like a, a regular IT company, but, uh, and it was a great adventure. But after a few years, uh, I became a, a bit tired of working 60, 70 hours a week, which is like a normal week for most entrepreneurs. And I wanted to have more balance between my professional and personal life. And that's when I realized that this company I created to be free and also to break free also uh, because I wanted to break free from the school system. I wanted to you know, uh, make money by my own. I wanted to leave my parents' uh, home uh, like a lot of teenagers, actually. But yeah, for, for me, it was a dream come true. But I realized this company I created to be free uh, was actually a jail because uh, I, it was my only source of income. I couldn't see how to sell it. I couldn't see how to uh, work less inside it without, you know, uh, d- diminishing the, the, the income and uh, closing the company. Uh, I couldn't see how to work less and have more balance in my life. And I felt really trapped. And I looked for a solution for years. I read a book that completely changed my life it's a 4 hour work week by tim ferriss um and this book gave me the motivation and the goal of having a business that is uh, online and uh, in service of my life so long story short that's what i do now um i i sold my first company i started like um Before I sold my first company, I I started like a a, a blog uh, because for me, it was like 2007. It was like uh, the way of uh, one of the ways to create an online business. It failed. Uh, I started a second blog that worked, but I didn't like the content. So I started a third blog and this third blog, uh, allowed me to to make money online uh two years uh, three years after i started the the very first one so it didn't take like it was not like a a night success right Uh, it took like a, a quite a bit of time and i was growing and managing my my first company at the same time but when it started to really work uh i i was like okay great now i have this internet company i just need to sell the first the first one, and to enjoy my life. And that's what, what I, I studied to do. And now I'm, I'm teaching that to, to other people how to have a business that is in service of their life instead of the contrary, uh, because, well, that's the journey I made and I want to help as many entrepreneurs as I can to do the same.
0: I love that idea. Listen, and I agree with you. We start, you know, as entrepreneurs, we don't know not to be entrepreneurs. Getting a job job is something we'll do if we need to to pay the bills, but it's not where we really need to be. And we will find a way to be an entrepreneur if we don't we may not sleep much, but we're going to be what we're meant to be, which is solopreneurs, entrepreneurs. And Listen, you're not alone in that. I mean, when I first started my my company, and I still overwork, but I was working nonstop. I had no personal life at all. I mean, why? I didn't have time. Yeah, it's it's what we do, and <laughs> we need to take a break <laughs> from that and say, listen, we built business because we have a lot to share. We want to be servant leaders, if you will. We want to. Impact or assist as many people as we can, but we don't want to kill ourselves doing it. And unfortunately, that's what happens
1: Yeah Well, you know when I was like I found that this company I created was actually jail I created for myself I thought mm-hmm. I was alone, you know, I thought it was like a very uncommon problem but when I started to talk about this to my entrepreneurial friends I realize it's actually very common. It's actually, unfortunately, the default default path. Um, And if you're not careful, that's what will happen to you if you create your your company. Most of the time you create your company because you want to have more freedom in your life. What happens usually is after a few years, you you will feel this unbalance too.
0: Well, what happened with me, and I know this happens with a lot of people, is... I was wearing all the hats. You know, we talked about you doing that a bit ago. I was wearing all the hats. You know, I'm the web developer, I'm the social media maven, I'm the cook. I take care of the cat litter. I do it all. And it took me a long time to figure out that I needed help. I needed to hire people. I needed to build a team. And then I learned as I was building a team that I actually needed to find and hire people who were better than I was and who were self-starters. So I didn't have to constantly you know, stopping what I was doing and saying, okay, do this, do this, do it my way. Here's the, the standard operating procedure. I was just creating more work. So did you find that as well, that once you stopped, went back and said, this isn't working. So I need to find out what works and how to live a terrific life and, and not go broke and crazy at the same time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. One of the realizations I made because I, I started to educate myself on how to do that, you know, how to have a business in service of your life. And one of the key points you mentioned it is to uh, create procedures and to hire people so you can or you don't even have to hire. You can just, you know, um, work with freelancers. And, and at some point you need to delegate some work to someone. And um you mentioned that it's important to find people who are better than you, and I agree. But also I realize that not everyone has to be better than you uh, in what they do. Sometimes you will delegate tasks to people and they will not do it as well as you will do, you know, because they are less motivated. They have obviously less experience than you. But still, it's worth to delegate this task to them. Because it's maybe not the most important, uh, the most important thing you, you want to focus on, you know. So, um, yeah, w- when, you, when you start to delegate all these tasks that are not so important, or maybe they are important, but it's not important that you do them. And it's not important that they are not perfectly done. You start to have way more time and to have way more time and energy uh, to focus on the right things.
0: You do. And with me, because pretty much everything I do has a technological aspect, I need to hire people or work with people who can take, uh, let's just say, newspaper, you know, not newspaper, newsletter editions. They're better writers than I am. I hire those people. If I need somebody to work in WooCommerce, you know, I'll hire somebody who is an expert. And WooCommerce, I can do, and listen, I never ask any of my people, any of my team to do something I can't actually do myself, which is really helpful because I'm able to explain clearly and cogently what I would like them to do. After I've, you know, worked with them a while and said, okay, you're pretty good at this. Do you have suggestions? And at that point, I'm no longer having to stand on their head. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. If you can hire someone uh, who is an expert and at something you're not, obviously it's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that's one of the first uh, things to, to delegate like when you feel you you don't have the skills and that's, just, that's something that needs to be done in, in your company. You can find people uh, easily on Upwork or other platforms for these. Uh, also, I think one of the first to delegate is to the first thing to to find is to find a, a virtual assistant you know a va and this guy doesn't have to be the best uh, He can just start to you know take some tasks that you don't like to do or are not so important and you know like you know answering emails for example uh, liking uh, other people's comments you know. Um, answering to some comment on social media, these kind of things, you know, that don't require like a lot of skills, uh, and you know, it's just, at the at the start it will maybe make you gain like one hours, two hours a day, uh, and then and it's already a game changer, a game changer for this, and you can find this kind of VA very easily. I know the the Americans hire a lot of people uh, in the Philippines because you have people who speak very good English and. Uh, Obviously, the cost of living in the Philippines is way lower than in the U.S., so you don't have to have a big budget to start.
0: Exactly. Listen, let's let's move on to creating free content that attracts fans and qualified prospects and customers. I've heard this a lot, and I don't agree with it at all, but people say, oh, I don't want to give away my best stuff. I can't just keep giving things away free. I don't agree with that. So let's talk about that idea.
1: Yeah, absolutely uh, one of my core skills is content marketing and that's what I teach too. I teach people how to use free content to you know uh, attract qualified prospects fans and customers and it's a very very common objection uh, people are afraid yes to, to share too much so I would like uh, to challenge you these because uh, let's let's say for example that you are uh, you have a very traditional uh, job or like as as an entrepreneur, you are you're a baker, so you have a bakery and you sell bread and cakes, you know these kind of things. Well, if, if today your local baker he should have a YouTube channel, a blog, a, a Facebook page at least, maybe an Instagram account too. And what would he share on these accounts? Well, he can start by his. Um, Is a common life, you know, he can uh, just do a video when he wakes up at maybe 5 a.m. I don't know at what time they wake up, but I think pretty, pretty early. Uh, And he can say, hey, hello. So uh, I'm your baker, you know, uh, and I'm I'm just I just woke up at 5 a.m. So I can make your bread. I can make your cake. And here is how I do it. And uh, you can just share like the backstage. For him it's very uh, common but for most people uh, it's like uh, interesting because they don't know exactly what is going on uh in the backstage of a, of a bakery right and just with this, he can start to differentiate himself from the all the other bakers in his city maybe in, uh, in his region too and then he can go even further and start doing some uh, videos and articles about how to make a good cakes for example and here we have uh, like a point where most people will say, "But come on, he cannot do that. If he do that, if he does that, uh, people will stop uh, buying uh, cakes from him. Is it, they will know how to make cakes like him." And I'm saying, "But no, you don't understand. First, it's not because you know how to do something that you want to do it yourself. Maybe you don't have the time." Maybe even with a recipe, you will not be uh, as good because you don't know uh, where to buy the ingredients, for example, and the kind of things. Uh, and m- maybe you will, maybe you, even if you are really good and you make, can make the same uh, cake, maybe you will do it once or twice. But... I can bet that most of the time you will want to buy the, the cake from him and even more because you will know how it's made you will know uh, the ingredients you will know you know uh, more more things it's not only it's not like just a cake you know it's like something else a little bit more you you have like an emotional connection to it um, and um, maybe he will lose some customers but i um, pretty sure he will have the loyalty of way more people and it will gain customers too, because people will speak about that, you know? Uh, and also he can, uh, suddenly he doesn't have just a local business. He can sell maybe a course, maybe a, a book, you know, uh, maybe something else, but like a content, uh, to anyone in the world who wants to do cakes like him, you know? So here you can see that, uh, there, there is this fear of losing customers if you uh, share too too much free content, but most of the time it's not true. And even let's let's take another example. Let's, let's take another example. And I share so much content on my YouTube channel. I have more than one thousand eight hundred videos, um, and actually, if people who will will be able to dig into my videos and uh, like, you know, put them in the right order and, you know, follow them diligently, uh, I think they will be pretty close to have the content I share in my course. Uh, But the fact is they will have to find the content first, then they will have to understand in what order to to put it, you know, Uh, and then they will have to have the same motivation have is as easy as i would have invest money uh in the course you know and uh, we can immediately understand that uh not even one percent of the people will do it right so yeah it's just like a fear and you have to realize it's not because you you share a lot of free content that it's gonna uh, can cannibalize your your sales quite the contrary actually
0: i have found that to be true and as a web developer i'll i'll suggest that listen We need to create free content, free videos, you know, you need to put yourself out there and attract the people that you want to come to your website, to your YouTube, wherever it is that you want, and you're going to need to do that with free content. And I'm telling you, about 80% of them just go, I can't do that for all the reasons that you just outlined. But once they understand, they'll say, okay, what free content are you using Well, they can instantly answer that. How is it working for you? Oh, I love this guy. I love this one. Okay, why are you following him? Well, because, oh, never mind. I see what you're saying. So (laughs) it's it's easy to say, listen, you've got a lot to share. Going back to the baker, a lot of people will watch those videos who are nowhere near his geographical location. They'll remember him. And, you know, if somebody in their town says, oh, I'm looking for a, a you know, really great wedding cake, guess what? I'm going to say, hey, go to this bakery. It has a, a ricochet effect.
1: Absolutely. I completely agree. And I think, you know, so many local entrepreneurs, they should start to create content now so they can escape the local trap, you know, the, the fact that they, they can just see people just around them.
0: Exactly. so let's and thank you for that. Was there anything else that I missed in, in that particular conversation that you'd like to share?:
1: Well, uh, yeah, I mean, th- there is also a hierarchy of uh, what people are willing to, to buy, or like, with their motivation. you know um, When you teach s- something, it's one level, but usually people want to pay uh, even more for like a don for you. Uh, Right. Service. Service. So it's it's also not because you teach how to do something that you will cannibalize uh, like the the sales of uh, done-for-you service. Not at all, actually.
0: That's that's really true. You know, I will have people say, "Oh, you know, Denise, can you kind of hop into my WordPress account and tell me what's going on here?" I'm happy to do so, but once I open, you know, once I peek under the hood, so to speak, oh my gosh. It's a mess in there, and I have to tell them it's a mess. You need to do this, 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 and this. And I was like, I don't want to. Can I just hire you? Sure. But if it's easy, <laughs> you should do it yourself. <laughs> so, you know, there, There's just so many ways to reach and connect with people these days. There's, there's really no reason not to do it.
1: And also something very important to understand, and I see see that a lot of people miss this point. Every time you write an article, you publish a video, you publish a podcast, you're creating a clone of yourself, a copy of yourself that, that will work for you 24 hours per day, seven days per week, for free, for the years to come. And it's very important to realize this. My YouTube channel has... 1800 videos it's one i have an army of 1800 clones of myself working tirelessly for free to attract fans prospect and customers and it's a huge uh point to understand if you want to have a company that is in service of your life because before we couldn't clone ourselves so easily right so it's it's amazing that when you think like this it's For me, actually, it really motivates me to create as much content as I can.
0: And I'm so glad you brought up podcasts because it's so important that people get on podcasts as guests or they start a podcast if they feel that that's something they really want and really need to do. It's so easy to do these days. There's really no reason not to do either be a guest or be a podcast host
1: or both. I agree. I agree. And fortunately, I see more and more people starting to do that. But, you know, like just a few years ago, even the big like TV stars didn't have a YouTube channel, didn't have a podcast. Uh, And I was like, but how come you cannot rely just on TV (laughs) and the the normal media to to spread the world? You know, Uh, even like big TV stars, uh, there is such a big advantage of being able to connect with your audience when you want without any gatekeepers. That it's a no brainer. And obviously, uh, it's even more the case for like uh, the normal people, uh, quote, quote, like you and me, Um, because that's for the first time in the whole history, we have a way to communicate with a lot of people at the same time for free or almost free, which is amazing.
0: We do. I wanted to ask you, when you started creating your content on YouTube, was that a strategy or did you just do a few and say, oh, that's fun, that works? How did that, I mean, 1,800, that's a lot of work. What started yes. it? Yes. What got you going?
1: Well, um, when I started I, my, my internet business, I really was writing. Uh, as It was my primary method of creating content Um, and I I did create my YouTube channel in 2009 uh, but at the time I didn't understand really the power of it for me YouTube was just like a a place where you would put your video so I could embed them in my blog you know Uh, Ah. and yeah so so for like the, the first maybe five years i didn't focus on the videos at all i was really creating uh like a writing account, writing content and also a podcast like only audio and, and uh, at the beginning of 2014 i uh, decided to go two months in the philippines um, and i was like hey how can i make this uh interesting for my audience you know to go like two months in this remote part of the world that most people uh, have never been to. And I was like, hey, uh, what about I do one video a day, I publish one video a day on my YouTube channel for the 60 days where I will be, when I will be there. And uh, I did that and it, people really loved it, you know, really loved it. And it was not a lot of work for me because um, I, at the time I had already like five years of experience. So I could talk about many subjects, you know, Uh, and uh, I was just it was like a a video game, you know, I used my uh, my iPhone or like a small camera and I had like five to ten minutes to talk about something I wanted to talk and I didn't want to do any editing. No editing at all. If I make a mistake, it's fine. It's like speaking on stage, you know. Nobody is gonna throw tomatoes at you, uh, and uh, that's it. And so I, I did like very uh, in a very low key, you know, uh, no nothing too fancy. And it really like my audience really loved it, and I I I also loved it because it took me maybe ten minutes of work per day. And when i was running out of uh, ideas of about content i was just i just asked my audience hey uh well in the next videos i will answer your questions so if you have a question about your know, entrepreneurship how to grow your business etc etc just sh- share it in the comments below and people would like gave me so they gave me so many questions that uh, i could create content uh, again again and again and i loved it so much that i decided to extend the challenge from sixty days to one year, and so for for one year, I did one video day, uh, and I loved it so much that actually I did four hundred sixty five days in a row, and it grew my channel from maybe two thousand subscribers to if I remember correctly some something like a twenty thousand um, and from just a few thousand views a month to like maybe fifty or sixty thousand views a month, you no. Know? And uh, it worked so well that I did two more uh, challenges like that of one video a day for one year. And it worked, it worked really well. Today, I have, um, my channel has like uh, 260,000 subscribers and maybe, you know, half a million views a month. Uh, so I'm really happy with the result. Uh, I would say, uh, though, that it doesn't work as well as before to publish one video a day. Uh, back in the days, the algorithm really liked it. Today, the algorithm still likes it, but not as well. But is that something I really um, advise people to do? Not one year. One year is hard for most people. But, you know, after maybe like a few weeks after you create your your YouTube channel, do like a challenge of publishing one video a day for 30 days. And it's going to be amazing for a lot of reasons. You will uh, improve your skills super fast. You will uh, grow your audience. You will be more confident in front of the camera. It will make you break a lot of barriers, you know, and uh, limiting beliefs. Uh, And you don't have to, you know, uh, jump without a a parachute, right? You you can, like, when you start the the challenge, maybe you can have five videos in advance. So if, you know, one day or two two days in a row, you cannot shoot a video for whatever reasons, you you still have a bit of... Uh, buffer so you have time to recover and what
0: i'm actually hearing you talking about is consistency and i think that's where a lot of people just completely fall off the step stool they're like oh i got this i've got this oh shoot i just broke my ankle (laughs) i did not i wasn't (laughs) consistent (laughs) yeah it It's really important. Listen, my podcast, I've been doing this for 13 years, and I get to meet people like you from all over the world. And I'm now ranked in, on listen notes, I'm 2.5% of the most popular podcasts in the world. And you know how I did that? Just what you're describing, consistency. Consistency all the time. If I can't find a guest, I will beg and plead and find a guest and put them on that morning. Consistency. If you're going to show up, show up. If you're not, you may need to get a job job. That's my best advice. (laughs) Show up.
1: Yeah, it's also why it's important to start uh, like a podcast or YouTube channel in a field that you're passionate about uh, and that you will know will uh, excite you for the years to come. So, I mean, it helps. You you, you can succeed in a field that you're not passionate about. Maybe you will just like it. Maybe you're just good at it. But usually, uh, the easiest way, the best way is to be passionate about it.
0: Oh, exactly. And I'll tell anybody who will listen. My podcast, when I get to meet people like you, all of my guests, you are my mentors. I learned something new, several something new Every time I speak with you, every single time, I'm scribbling down notes, I'm writing them down, I'm putting a lot of this information into immediate play. I learn. My podcast, in a selfish kind of way, is really for me because I get to learn from people like you and share it with the world. So it's a win-win.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Denise. I I, I happen to interview quite a few people for my YouTube channel. I agree with you. Every time... I'm learning something. So sometimes, I mean, I feel so privileged because, like, I have like an amazing guest for one hour, and I can I can just ask uh, him or her as many questions as I want. And, and it's also great because, I mean, most of the time, if you uh, bug someone for one hour with questions, it's gonna be in real life, you know, it's gonna be uh, like tired after a while. But the interview is like you have the authorization to do that, uh, and it's like this unique moment in life when you can really deep dive with someone and ask as many questions as you want
0: exactly right and honestly a lot of times the real magic happens after my podcast because I will you know stop what I'm doing when the podcast is done I will call my guest with you I can't because you're too bi, but you can call me I mean you know you can use your Skype and call me but After, you know, we've had a chance to get to know each other. We've got more questions. Oftentimes I will say, listen, that was brilliant. Can you come back? You know, I've got more questions. I've got more interest. And then sometimes these people become my clients. Sometimes they become really good networking friends. You know, sometimes we exchange Christmas cards for years to come. You get to meet terrific people by being consistent and interviewing other people. So I agree with you on that.
1: Yeah, and uh, I, just to add something to what you said, it's like you said, it's a great way to connect with people actually. Because yeah, yeah. you have this unique uh, opportunity to really get to know the best content the, the this person is is sharing, you know. And uh, if you meet, if you will have met uh, this person at a party, it's hard to really deep dive like, like these and to uh, be in contact with the best content he can share.
0: Exactly. And, you know, once you've made this contact and your friends are friendly or your networkers or your clients or consumers, all of a sudden you are now a fan. You've got fans and you're sharing that information with a lot of people and that leads me to my next question cuz you said that there's a way to create an army of clones who will work with you for free 24/7 mm-hmm. so how do how does that happen
1: well uh, every time you you publish a content that you created yourself it's basically a clone of yourself that will be online and will attract people so How does this content attract people? Well, people will find you through Google, YouTube, uh, the social medias, through word of mouth, you know, these kind of things. Uh, Obviously, you don't want to just create content and wait that people find it. You want also to have a a real promotion plan and to act like regularly to promote your content. After a while... um, People will, I mean, if your content is good and it's helping people, people will share the word. Uh, Google will start to like you. YouTube will start to like you. And people, a lot of people will just find you, you know, uh, in a way or another. Or um, and that's why, you know, it, it's, it's also very important to have this, to, to have a business that's in service of your life. While we are talking right now, I have, like, maybe thousands of people right now watching my videos, reading my articles, listening to my podcast, reading my book too, and I don't have to be there. I don't have to be there to serve them. It's completely automated, and it's very important to understand this. You know, When I say an army of clones, it's also like this uh, idea of automating uh, the, the creation of a relationship with a lot of people at the same time. It's a, an amazing um, leveler, uh, and before before uh, the internet, we entrepreneurs we didn't have any kind of leveler like this. Uh, and these same uh, like um, leveler like also completely transformed an industry, which is a music industry. Like if you think, imagine that Michael Jackson would have been born in the 19th century. Could he have been like uh, as famous as he was in the 20th? Not at all. 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 It's not not possible because if Michael Jackson, uh, in the 19th century, for one million people to know Michael Jackson, I mean, know in the sense like they they listen to to his music, they will have to be there when he was singing. There was no other way, you know? So there was Michael Jackson and any famous singer back then, they had to... uh, exchange of time for their money. Of course, they could sing in front of thousands of people at the same time. But everyone who wanted to listen to their music had to be there when they were there. When the technology of disc and radio, suddenly, the the singer had to be good just once in his lifetime, five minutes in front of a mic, and he can reach millions of people. And suddenly, you have... Big, 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 big uh, level effect that with less work, you can reach more people. And now with the internet, we entrepreneurs, we have also this kind of effect. And every time you are creating free content, you are using this effect for yourself. So you need to, to think about this uh, as a, as a way to motivate yourself to create content.
0: And create a strategy. And speaking of music and the internet, one of my guests has I've I've had fantastic guests and you're among them. You're in good company. One of my guests Thank is you. Nathan Schulhoff and he yeah, I was reading my, my email late at night. I don't sleep very well so I read a lot at night. And I got you know, kind of like uh what happened with you? You had somebody reach me on my podcast website and asked to be a guest. Well, he did too. And, you know, it was very cursory. He filled out the forms, but just in a very cursory kind of way. And he said something. He said, well, I'm the godfather of the MP3 player. And I went, you're yeah, right. He was. <laughs> and he's been, <laughs> he's been my guest twice now. But without that MP3 player and the Internet, where would we be? Really?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I mean – well, we will be like like where entrepreneurs were 30 years ago, 30, I mean, the, what is amazing today is like with the same amount of energy you needed 30 years ago to create a local business, we can have a real international business. and like like, yeah, I have customers in more than 40 countries, but I, I don't have a big company. I mean I still I mean my company is doing well. I have 25 people, but to have customers in 40 countries, 30 years ago, it would have required way more money, energy and time than nowadays. So it's it's really amazing and a blessing to, to live now.
0: Congratulations. That's And you're right. I mean, 30 years ago, we would have business plans and loans and brick and mortar businesses and employees and, you know, all the... Problems that come with paying taxes and, and employees we don't really necessarily have all that these days, and frankly, I think that's a good thing
1: yeah, absolutely yeah, and exactly what you said I mean, my first business I had to do a business plan uh, for for the next five years, obviously, uh, none of my prediction came through, right uh, I had to ask for loans at my bank and other other places Uh, but when I started my second business I didn't need anything Uh, I just started part-time with first a first blog then second blog then a third blog and it didn't cost me anything I maybe 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 a few dozens uh, dollars you know something like this so it was very cheap it cost me only uh, time and energy, But it was time and energy I was willing to invest and it was a great investment. So yeah, it's also with all the tools we have right now. It's amazing. The results we can have without that, that don't require a lot of money. You know, it's crazy. Uh, and I advise people if they don't know the book to read the book, A Lean Startup the lean starter because it's a great way to you know use the power of the internet and of all the tools we have now um, because it it, basically this book teaches you the right philosophy of you know uh, instead of uh, if you have an idea for a product or service, instead of working uh, one year uh, on it or two years and invest a lot of money and uh, after two years you realize that nobody cares (laughs) <laughs> about, uh, about uh, your product. Well, you just ask yourself, okay, how can I really uh, put this idea in the market uh, as fast as possible with the less amount of time, energy, and uh, uh, money uh, possible uh, to see if it works or not? And uh, the internet allows you to, to do that so much more easily now than 30 years ago. And it's a big, big uh, plus for entrepreneurs. For entrepreneurs.
0: Very much so. One of my, my guests some years ago, and I've never forgotten this, I really do have many takeaways from my guests, but, and this was probably 10 years ago, but she said, you know, I didn't test my theory. You know, I had this idea for a product that I was so in love with that I ran with it, and she said, and I quote, it was the most expensive thing I've ever done to date, and it was a massive failure.
1: Yeah, it's unfortunately a common story. Uh, Even like super successful entrepreneurs like Steve Jobs, uh, sometimes they they just don't understand what the market wants and they create products that nobody cares about. That's why you want to fail super fast uh, instead of slowly and with the less amount of money invested possible. Uh, It's not always possible to do this, but nowadays it's way more possible than before and it's with the right philosophy, you can try to achieve that. You know, fail fast and without too much resources involved. And uh, at some point, you will find stumble upon something that works, um, and uh, then you can build on that. And if sometimes it doesn't fail completely, it's, it fails like uh, uh, like partly. So you can pivot, and that's the the, long, the word in the lean startup language. So, like, you can just modify the approach or the price or some characteristics that don't work and uh, build on that, too.
0: And I can feel people going, oh, they're talking about failure. You need to embrace it. You need to understand it's going to happen, whether completely or partially, and you need to know how to fix it or dump it. And, you know, the thing about entrepreneurs, and I say this all the time, you have to have a cast iron stomach. You cannot get emotionally attached to something and just keep poking away at it just because you're in love with it. You need a strategy and you need to understand what works and what doesn't.
1: Absolutely. And it's also it's even more important, I mean, super important when you start to have this mindset. And... uh, I also discovered that when uh, you reach a level of, of success, it's also super important to never forget this. Because when you achieve a, a good level of success, you can become attached to the uh, e- ego kind of, uh, side of things. Like Meaning like you, you're attached to the fact that you created a successful product, that you're making money, that people know you, that people like your content. And it can make you afraid of uh, trying new stuff. Uh, because some, sometimes when we try new stuff, well, you, you, you fail. Guess what? Even if you had uh, uh, an amazing track record until now. So you really want to be careful about not falling into this trap and to keep this uh, mindset uh, as long as possible. And to keep re- you need to keep reminding you of uh, it's, it's okay to fail. I just want to fail fast and without too much uh, problems.
0: I love that fail fast. Get it out of the way, learn from it, and go create something different or modify what you've already done as needed. Fail fast. That's brilliant.
1: And also, I mean, you, you have to realize that more often than not, when you fail on the Internet, the good news is nobody knows. <laughs> That's <laughs> the definition of failure. It's because, I mean, when you fail, it's because, like, uh, people didn't care about that, Right. So that's what is great. When you have a, a product that is successful, a lot of people will know about it. When you have a product or content that is not successful, nobody knows. So it's not a big deal. And you can delete uh, all the videos and stuff you, you, you don't like anymore uh, if, you, if you want, you know. So nothing is like uh, uh, perpetual, uh, and uh, you can just move on.
0: You know, I didn't even think about that. I know it deep down in my heart. I know it, but I never thought to express it in that way, and you're right. I've got some YouTube videos that are probably 10 years old, and it's all techie stuff, and none of it works anymore. I need to get rid of those, but it just never occurred to me to go dump them, so guess what I'm doing today.
1: I love to say to people who are starting a YouTube channel or a blog or something on the internet there is a good news and a bad news the bad news is when you will start creating content only your mother will check it the good news is when you will start to create content only your mother will check it so why is it a good news? because you don't have to be good when you're starting nobody cares because nobody is checking your content anyway and your mother will love it (laughs) <laughs> in any case so you know a lot people also they, they are afraid to start because yeah they are like oh but my video is not going to be perfect uh, i am not confident in front of the camera i don't know how to put the lights i don't have the right uh, device etc cetera, etc cetera. and i'm like who cares nobody's going to to watch your video anyway just do something and publish it and uh, you will improve everything step by step and yeah, in six months, in one year, in five years, you don't like the first content, just delete it. Who cares? You know. Uh, and uh, and then you 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 learn the trade by doing the trade. Uh, but personally, um, yeah. I, I like I like to I I. My my first videos are still online because I like to show people to not be afraid to start, you know, because my first videos were really not perfect, you know, at all. Uh, And I like to to show that to to my audience saying, hey, see, I started like this. I was really bad. And if now I have a business that is in service of my life and I can travel six months a year, maybe you can do it too because I started in a very bad way. But the key is I started
0: and consistency. Listen, I hate to keep harping on podcasting, but I belong to a couple of Facebook groups that, I'll tell you right now, I am never going to need a facelift. I read some of these comments and advice in some of these groups that have my eyebrows soaring straight up to my hairline. I mean, I look permanently surprised (laughs) like I had a really bad facelift. And some of the, you're right, and people say, I don't have the right equipment. I don't I can't get gas, and there's just excuse after excuse after excuse. And I'll tell you right now, podcasting is not difficult. If I went back and listened to my early stuff, I probably would be under the desk sobbing. It was really bad. <laughs> but, but it was fun, and I've created some lifelong friends from some of those early things. And honestly, I wouldn't take them down because the from then to now and god knows what it's going to look like in five years i mean i'll probably switch things around a bit again but you've got to learn as you go and get comfortable as you go and you know if you wait to create the perfect podcast or the perfect studio or buy the four thousand dollars worth of equipment by the way don't do that but
1: no Yes. Exactly.
0: <laughs> My first podcast telephone for ten years I used a telephone. The last three years I got really smart and I invested nineteen dollars and ninety nine cents <laughs> with Amazon.
1: <laughs> and I
0: got a a headset. That's it. I am not going to pay a bunch of money for something that was never going to be a moneymaker for me and I had a strategy. So, you know, just Don't listen to everybody who gives you advice. Listen to us, but don't listen to everybody else is my point. So let's talk a bit about strategy because we've talked a bit about that. We've got about 10 more minutes. From where you started and where you are now, what is the best Mm -hmm. strategy that you can share with people?
1: You mean to grow the business?
0: to start it and to grow it because people are listening to us going, yeah, but they make it sound so easy. It kind of is, but you need a strategy for marketing. You need a strategy for, you know, how much are you going to spend? Are you going to get a virtual assistant? There's so many things that we can touch on here.
1: Absolutely. So first, uh, for the frequency of content, I advise to never go below one content a week. If you publish uh, like less than one content a week, it's hard to grow, especially at the start. So uh, it should be your goal, one content a week. It can be video, it can be audio, it can be uh, text, it can even be like infographic, you know. But you need to publish one content a week. Um, And second uh, point is try to publish in different formats. Uh, for example, if you have a YouTube channel, you can easily extract the sound of the videos to make an MP3 and publish it also on the different uh, podcast platform. Uh, I have been doing that, I mean, someone in my team, since the beginning, and uh, it, it helps, you know, uh, you you people will find uh, you on iTunes, on Spotify, on uh, Deezer, you know, all these platforms. And even if the um, if the sound is not meant to be a podcast in the first place, it's not perfect, but it doesn't require a lot of work and uh, it gives you more results. Uh, that's also an advice uh, in your strategy. I really advise for you to follow. It's like try to get more results for the same work, or more results with just a little bit more work. Which is like recycling your content, for example. Uh, if you have the budget, ask someone to transcribe your video or podcast so it's also an article Uh, if you have budget also you can hire someone who will make uh, an infographic or a comic strip out of your content now in my team I have someone who is doing that is doing comic strips uh out of my uh, videos my articles and you know i have so many as i told you Uh, and it's a new way to connect with your audience it's a new way to reach people who don't know you Uh, it's a new way to use platforms like instagram or facebook and it works very well Um, and you really want to focus on the promotion of course creating great content is super important Uh, and also don't uh, put Put too much pressure on you especially when you start about the greatness of the content okay uh, just ask yourself okay what kind of content will i think help the people i'm targeting uh, and you can start by just answering questions like uh, most beginners ask when they start in your field it's it's always good and and you you, you really try to create like pillar contents meaning uh contents that are uh, like references that you want them to be references in your field so in this case you put a little bit of pressure on you and you want also to diversify and not only create pillar content but also some content that are easier to consume and share maybe so for example you can i love this analogy you know uh, when you 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 cook you want you want your and you you imagine you you are cooking and you are receiving some guests at your home And these guests, they are really health conscious. So you want to create like a a good food, you know, like a nutritious food. You don't want just to do a pizza. So you want them to get a lot of vitamins, but you don't want only to create, to do a salad. You know, you also want them to like the food. So you will put a bit of sugar and a bit of spice on the food. And that's the strategy you should have is your content too. Most of your content should be vitamins, like like. The healthy stuff helping people uh, overcome their problems in your field uh, and in the form of pillar content um, and you should add a little bit of sugar which is like a smaller piece of content so it can be short videos it can be stories it can be a uh, short articles maybe in the form of list people love to consume lists you know uh, and this content will not be as deep but it will be Nice and easy to consume, and people will uh, will li- like to share them usually. And you want to add a little bit of spice. So what is a spice? The spice is like the controversial stuff. So you want to, 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 to look at your belief in your field and find something that you believe in that runs contrary to the common wisdom or what most experts say, and create content saying, hey, In my field, as you know, a lot of people say that. Well, let me tell you, I don't agree. And this is a spicy content. And you don't want to do too much. You know, it's like in a real uh, meal. If you put too much spice, nobody wants to eat that. It's same with the sugar. So you want to have a good balance between everything. Uh, And, yeah, that's the strategy I I advise for the content. And then for the promotion, of course, you want to share the content uh, as on on, um, as many groups and platforms you you can think about uh join facebook groups join uh, join forums like old school forums some of them are still very dynamic nowadays uh, and you don't want to spam them you need to be very careful about how you do it uh, but uh, you want to to do that Uh, you can reach other bloggers youtubers to do partnership Um, you can obviously as you said uh, if you have a bit of budget you can a little bit of budget to uh, boost your your content on facebook on youtube on adwords Um, maybe for example you can just have a budget of five dollars per video per article to to boost a little bit Uh, it's gonna accelerate your growth uh, especially at the beginning so yeah i mean i I already share a lot of things Um, but yeah you you really want to uh, have the strategy of creating content regularly with like very vitamin spice and sugar, uh, and to try to really help people to overcome their problems and also promote uh, these uh, as much as you can.
0: Perfect. And you know, a lot of people will come to me because I am a web developer and a social media p- creator. But they'll say, "Oh, I just want to be on Twitter. Oh, I just want to be over here. Really, Twitter has a." attention span of about three seconds your content is going to be knocked down before you've moved your mouse it's it's down it's already down so i'm with you you know i think you need to be in a lot of places but what you didn't mention olivia is pinterest pinterest is practically its own search engine what do you think about them
1: yeah um i i do use it a little bit but my team does it actually i i would say i'm not an expert in pinterest um, last time I checked, which was a few months ago, I saw that Pinterest is mostly used by women. I think it's 80%. Correct me if I'm wrong. Huh? Um, and uh, so if, if you, you, it's important for you uh, to, to reach women, Pinterest is definitely interesting. Uh, I have a few students who are getting good results with Pinterest. But I have to say, though, that it seems sometimes the numbers that Pinterest uh, is giving you for your traffic, it, it seems a little bit over the top, you know. Uh, I have to say I'm not super confident that all the numbers in Pinterest are really, like, uh, meaningful. you know what I mean.
0: I do. I've wondered about that because I do a lot on Pinterest for me and for my clients. And I'll say, okay, you're not doing so well on Facebook, but you're massive on Pinterest. What the heck? So I agree with you. I've been questioning some of those numbers as well. They look good, but are they true?
1: Yeah, I mean, every platform has its own way to calculate, you know, uh, the metrics. So, yeah. Uh when I looked at the results of my students who are doing good on Pinterest, I don't see a clear correlation between uh the numbers that Pinterest share and like sales in their business. So, As I said, I'm not a Pinterest expert, so maybe I'm wrong, but I'm a little bit cautious with this platform.
0: I am as well, but I think that most of all of my clients, but a lot of people do need to be there just because it's another way to be found. Maybe not concentrate so much on sales, but you know, just get found. It's it's a great way to do that. At least, listen. You mentioned your book. We've got about a minute left. I told you this was the quickest sixty minutes on the internet. Where can people find <laughs> your book? Yeah.
1: So yeah. Um, so my my book is named, named The Way named of the Intelligent Rebel in English. English. It's a translation of um, of a bestseller that sold more than one hundred thousand copies in French, and they can find it on Amazon or any good Uh, Bookshop uh, in any uh, English-speaking country including obviously uh, the u.s. The UK, Canada, Australia even India Um, And it's a book to help people well succeed outside the system. Uh, I Also share how to teach yourself anything and you know uh, have a business that is in service of your life
0: Perfect, thank you so much for being here with me today. Where can people find you outside of looking for the book? I know you're on YouTube um, you're everywhere pretty much.
1: Yes. I mean, m- most of my content is in French, uh, but I, ha- I do have a small YouTube channel in English, so people can check that. They can type, uh, Olivier Roland, uh, English, uh, and they will find me on, on YouTube. I found you. I've Great. been
0: looking at several of your videos. So yeah, it was easy to find. Great. Okay, well, listen, thank you so much again for being here with me. It's been wonderful speaking with you, and I thank you for all of the terrific tips and the advice that you shared with our audience. And before we say goodbye, I would like to remind our audience to be sure to look first in iTunes and really anywhere else you consume your favorite business podcasts. Just look for your partner in Success Radio and take us along on your success journey. Olivier, thank you again.
1: Thank you, Denise. Bye-bye. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise
0: Griffiths at your and go to the podcast tab.